Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Positive Disruption. Mm. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we had a very awkward moment today, didn't we? I did. Hey, I, I just simply said, Happy Valentine's Day, Alistair. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, you were uncomfortable with that. Uh, Valentine's Day is an expression of love day. You don't have to be a partner. You know, there's a lot of single thing things happening as well. So I thought it was totally, uh, totally. Uh, so let's okay. frame this. Greg came to pick me up. First thing he says when I get in the car, happy Valentine's Day. It's like, it was, it was a little awkward for a few minutes. We had to talk it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we were also laughing about a great quote from uh, Schitt's Creek uh, um, where uh, the two, uh, the son of the main character, I can't remember, Dan, Dan Levy's character is with his partner and his partner says uh, that he loves him and he's very awkward with it. And he says, the only two times I've ever said to anyone that I love them was my, to my parents. And one was at a Mariah Carey concert. <laughs> I, just, I just love, I think that, that that show had so many amazing quotes. So that was just that was just so funny. So thankfully, we talked about that, you know, Shit's Creek on the way to your house because it is one of the best TV shows, and one of the things that we both made a comment on. They went out on top. Mm-hmm. They did whatever it was, five or six seasons, and uh, they went and they made a huge impact on society. That's such a well written show, too. So well written, yeah. It was a great show, a great show, and just a great, one great quote. But they have many, 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 many. So uh, we've both spent a lot of time as managers. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we've observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a very good discussion today. I think so too. So positive disruption. You're part of an effort to get something done or you're in a business as usual situation and you experience some or all of the following. The regular way of doing something makes no sense and is in fact not going to get you anywhere. Your boss doesn't want to talk about the elephant in the room. Someone is creating a disturbance because things aren't going well, but it's not constructive. It's more like a blaming type of thing. The atmosphere is don't rock the boat. You feel powerless and that what you are doing doesn't mean anything or will even do anything. So Greg, what's up? How important is this subject and how does it affect our relationship and the work environment? Well, it's interesting because the word disruption, although boy, it's something that we're all experiencing on a daily, if not a minute, if not an hour like basis that's going on. But when uh, when folks talk about disruption, often people get really uh, ucky about it. Uh, they don't feel comfortable about it. They just it it just feels wrong. Um, and uh, but in fact, the title of this positive disruption is that often having the courage, being brave, of bringing something forward in a respectfully direct way is so powerful. But when you have an uh, an environment where you don't feel that you can do that. Um, Usually two things happen. Uh, most people shut down and they're just kind of keeping their heads down and not saying anything with regards to it. The other thing that happens is you get those people who are not respectful 
and are are willing to kind of just go out on a negative disruption perspective. And so you get the double whammy of this. You have the people that are not great, that are just doing things to stir the pot and, and uh, don't care about anyone else. And the rest of the folks just keep their heads down and keep quiet. And so that just creates a a swill of bad environment and certainly not communicative, not creative, and and uh, really creates a, an unsafe, unbrave environment. Yeah, I, I think earlier on in my careers, I certainly just put my head down and just let things happen. And, and even now, uh, I think over the last, say, 15, 20 years, what I found is a really good technique uh, to kind of challenge the status quo without appearing to be, you know, a radical or you know, a martyr or anything like that is just to ask really good questions. So we're doing it this way. We've always done it that this way. Can we perhaps just talk about whether there's a, a more effective way of doing this? Um, and trying not to be sarcastic because I can be really passive aggressive and sarcastic. So my struggle with asking questions is not to come off as being flippant or sarcastic. But I really like asking questions and I love it when we're doing things and somebody asks me a question that disrupts what we're doing. It's like, you know, that is a good question. Why are we still doing it this way? What do we, what do we think this is doing? Is it effective? Mm. And I, I love that. And I, I think it's one of the ways that uh, I've seen a bunch of other people model for me that it's that, that just that great question, good timing, good emphasis approached in a good, healthy way. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about this, I know, when we get into the ways in which around it, but I, I think you're right, questions are really good. And I also think that uh, setting the context or the intention behind what you're about to say or do is also really powerful. Uh, because, you know, if it's, you know, I'm uh, I, I'm just listening to us here and I'm, and I'm, and I, I, I'm getting a bit churny uh, or I'm getting worried uh, uh, by some things that I'm seeing and hearing, and they they may be some things that I, I'm sensing. So, in in the in the spirit of trying to help us ensure we're focused, or that we don't go down a pathway that we may have done before, I got a question that I'm wondering if I can ask the group. Boom. So then you set the context of what it is because sometimes when, especially if we're churning, like you say, if we're annoyed, and if we if we sit on it for a long period of time. We all know that it just builds up inside of us and, you know, it, it leaks out on on sarcastic questions, you know, and those or even the way we look. I mean, we roll our eyes, we we kind of storm out, although we're still or check there. out or check out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is really important. How do we develop the skill to positive, positively disrupt earlier on? in a in a respectfully direct way and create an atmosphere where people feel comfortable to do so yeah yeah that's that brave of the safe and brave spaces that i talk about it's that it's that how do you strengthen that brave in a way that still retains the safe it's kind of that balance with regards to it but you need both in order to have the best environments i really love this subject this is one of three subjects i think we had breakfast like four weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, uh we've kind of been working through them after uh the three interviews that we uh that we did uh, I really like this one. This, this is a good one. I agree, 100%. So let's talk about some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation. How are things really going? Is it just the same old, same old? Yeah, this is really, you know, um, as a leader, we sometimes get stuck in ruts. 
and we slowly and slowly buy our reaction, especially when we're in, we're stressed and we're under and we're under pressure and there's so much change. What happens is we become less open, and we sometimes uh, unwillingly, unwittingly uh, create a space where people don't aren't feeling good about asking. It's not a safe space to kind of bring my ideas forward or to challenge or to ask questions. And so I love this one is, you know, how do you really continue to be present? And we talk a lot in our podcasts around the importance of taking some space before you go into a meeting. So how do you actually really make sure you you protect that five to 10 minutes before a meeting to just reflect on what do I want in here? How do I need to show up? And what's the current atmosphere that's happening right now? And hopefully you'll catch when things are maybe in those old ruts. And are you open to getting input from the people involved? Uh, it's one of the questions I think we need to ask ourselves. I agree. And you know what? This is, again, one of those great things you can do up front. Because there is some things. Yeah, I use the terms uh, tight and loose. And I don't know if I've used those on podcasts before. Multiple times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also have a memory problem, but I'm getting older. Um, but tight and loose is so important because if you're clear, there are some things that are tight that you can't get any input on it. Um, it's something, you know, a legislative thing, a regulatory thing, a safety thing. There is no choice in this one. Um, but then there are other things that are more flexible. So knowing what's tight and loose and actually being clear and upfront Um um, but also even when you've defined the tight and loose, uh, you know, almost, uh, again, thinking before, where am I, how open am I today? Cause you know what? There are some times, and this is why that space in between is so helpful because the other thing you do you need to do is let go of the meeting before, but I don't know about you, but I've gone into meetings, come out of meetings where I'm just pissy. And so I am maybe intellectually open to listening, but emotionally I'm not. So again, how do I know my state of mind and how I'm going to show up in those meetings is so, so important. And if people are willing to speak up, are they considered a threat or are they welcomed? Yeah. So how do you manage those? You know, you know, if, if, uh, if there's someone who, who speaks up in a negative way, you got to figure out how to manage that. And, and sometimes you got to do it in the space because you've got to set the tone as to what kinds of uh, behaviors are. Sometimes it's often better to have a conversation with them afterwards to begin with quietly and say, listen, Alistair, I, I want you to, uh, to speak up. I, I, I appreciate your input. However, you know, when you did this, you know, we've, we've talked about the SBIQ. What's the situation? What are the behaviors I saw? What was the impact? And then ask a question use that model and really coach them. Now, if they do it again, you got to call them out. But if, if folks are, are, are speaking up in a positive way, encourage it, especially those people that don't say things as much. And it might be as simple as, Alistair, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, and I, it's a tough question. And, you know, frankly, it makes me feel uncomfortable to think about that question because it's churny, but we need those kinds of questions before. Thanks for bringing it forward. Now let's talk about it. And I think our body language and the expression of our face shows that we don't consider a threat if somebody does speak up and, and that they are welcomed. And I, I've seen people going, listen, you kind of threw me. Ask your question again. Right. And explain it more. There are times when, you know, maybe we're in that high pressure situation where we need a result. There's a time frame on this. 
and somebody says something, you're going, what? What are you talking? Listen, I'm sorry. What's your question? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell me more about that. And then get into that, those, those tools for, for uh, you know, getting somebody comfortable and telling you what's going on. Yeah. And you know what? We talked about this before. Recovery is such a beautiful thing. Mm. And often it will, it's like a booster of acceleration. So we're going to screw up. We're human. So, and again, if we haven't let go of the stuff from the previous meeting, or if this happens to be a person who usually brings up crunchy stuff in a not positive way, and then they bring up something that is really not crunchy in the way they presented it, but it's a tough topic, I might automatically respond to that person because they drive me nuts. And key You could is, feel threatened too. You could feel threatened, but key is to catch yourself. Like you just said something really powerful. It's to say, you know, hey, hey. You know, I recognize that I may have jumped there uh, uh, and I may have missed something. So c- can you tell me again? Or, or you know, I really want to dive deep on that. I think that's a really great question, but can we hold it and just finish this one first and then let's put some real focus on it. That's just a way of dancing in the moment that can be so powerful. And if you're recovering, if you would just accept and own your mess ups and then create the space again, you're going to accelerate the input. And just to finish off this whole kind of thought process, you know, do you value those good questions? You know, do you create an atmosphere where people want to ask those really good, insightful questions? Because mm-hmm. everybody looks at a problem, a situation, a process differently. And just the value of hearing what, uh, what questions other people have is just wonderful. I, I agree. And the kind of the, the couple to this one is, do you ask good yeah. questions, right? Because if if they ask a question, if you're not sure of it, you know, tell me more, Alistair. What are the questions that you actually open the dialogue versus close the dialogue? And again, it depends upon what the situation is. If it's a tight situation that you can have discussions, then say it and say why. Um, you know, this is something that's beyond uh, our decision-making powers. Um, uh, so we really, there's not value in us discussing, is there anything that we can influence or input, bum, 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 going on that. But those questions that you ask are equally important as to opening the space or closing the space when people ask questions. And also, you know, do you feel comfortable asking good questions of those above you or those laterally? Right, right. I agree a hundred percent. And do you have the authority to change things or at least begin to make changes that make sense? So if somebody does bring up some questions, what kind of firepower do you have in this situation? Right. We talked about this many times on our podcast, the uh, Stephen Covey's uh, circle of control, circle of influence, and circle of concern. Circle of concern is furthest on the outside, then closer in is influence, and then closer in is control. Well, if it's in your control... Man, that's something you can own. If it's in your influence, let's talk about how we can influence the decision go forward. But if it's in your circle of concern, which means you don't have control or influence, there may be nothing you can do. Mm. Uh, So it may be what you need to do is figure out how do you uh, protect or uh, divert or, or whatever. But just don't go down that pathway if you can't do that. And actually having that discussion and helping people frame that in their heads really helps people let go of stuff that is bothering them, but they have no control. Um, and and getting the spin out of them and getting focused on what needs to be done. And the next one is, you know, are you in the know? And this is one of my pet peeves is, you know, if there is nothing that's going to happen or something that's going to happen or, you know, if you don't have control and stuff like that, being in the know is, is kind of important when people are asking you questions. 
Yeah. And you know what? You've said this a couple of times, and I know you've been in situations of leadership where someone's asked you, do you know this? or do you, And if you don't know, just say, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's a really good question. And here's my commitment. Yes. I will follow up and ask you the question and follow up and get back to them. And the follow up and answer is that, you know, it's unfortunately, I, uh, it's confidential and I yeah. can't get any information. That's an answer, but get back with the answer. And do you have a good relationship with your boss? Mm. As a manager, it's always been important mm-hmm. to have a good relationship with your boss. doesn't mean you have to be th- friends, but it means you have to be able to communicate and, and understand each other. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the second part of this is always, from an employee's perspective, how do you help create positive, in this case, positive disruption? So when we go there, uh, put on your hat as an employee. And think about if your boss is someone who doesn't create the space for that, what can you do to create the space? Because, you know, well, you can bubbling up is a beautiful way of influence. Lots of great things happen from further down, quote, down in the organization because someone is courageous enough to ask really good questions. And then they become known as the person who asks really great questions. Yeah. Um, so you yeah, will we'll get there. And so if you're a manager, knowing your boss is important and then really reflecting on where am I? within the the strength or the willingness to positively disrupt. And do you want to settle for the same old, same old? Or, you know, are you excited about things that could happen, that should happen? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's it's hard, right? Because sometimes we're tired and I just, I just don't have the, I, don't, I just don't have the will anymore to do it. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. But you know what? Doing nothing is a choice. Um, so choose again, reflect and say, do I have control? Do I have influence? And if yes, what do I want to do? If I don't have either of those, then it's probably a better choice to just let it go and recognize it. And there's a bit of freedom in that, I think. And people not being heard will possibly leave or check out or do the bare minimum. Yeah. You know, and you're missing, you're missing so much here because, you know, we all have, there's a diversity of experience and knowledge that's out there. And if we're in that situation that we described at the beginning where people just don't feel comfortable and the only people that are talking are the, are the folks that are beating up other people or being negative or bringing it down, boy, oh boy, people aren't going to stay in that space anymore. More and more people are walking, uh, you know, with their, their shoes. They're just, they're saying enough's enough. And so, and, and the, the worst part is not only that they're leaving, but they're leaving with all that knowledge, that perspective, because it's often that just other viewpoint that's going to give you your biggest boost. And corporate knowledge walking out the door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone uh, late last week who um, just a, there's a whole series of mess ups of announcements that this person wasn't told, um, unclarity around their role. And they're this very knowledgeable, um, tons of organizational knowledge, um, quiet and quirky and well-loved. Um, but the way things are rolling out about her level or their, their level of responsibility is, is, is changing and, and it's not being done well. And that person is on the cusp of saying, I'm out of here. And, it will leave a huge wake uh, for that versus just valuing that person, 
recognize that their role might be changing and figuring that out, but just, just, just being thoughtful about this is just so important. And yeah, I see this all the time. And this is another one of those situations that will provide material damage to the organization with this person's exit. Yeah. I, I remember years ago I was in charge of a big team and, uh, the one person came in to talk and they, they mentioned that, um, you know, they're thinking about, I think it was a retirement situation. I went, Oh, great. Um, yeah, happy to talk about that. Just to let you know, you are like a major part of this team. So um, I think we need to talk about how we can, you know, get some of that knowledge from you, how we can, you know, write it down or bring somebody else along. Would you mind if I put somebody out with you to follow you around and just start getting to know the things that you know? Because you're really unique in the, on this team. And if, you, if you're going to retire, thank goodness for you. Like, that's great. But could you help us in the meantime to to plan for for when you leave? You go, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, be creative. And this is not something new. I remember you telling me about your father in law, and he retired like three times at and, least, and he kept coming back as a as an advisor, as a and. But that was well well thought out and planned, and said again exactly what you talked about. We value you. You have a unique, yeah, maybe you're not technically as as adept as some with the new some of the new systems, but the depth of knowledge and wisdom that you bring, we want you to put you alongside this young techie who is really good at the systems, but really doesn't have the depth of knowledge and experience. Would you like to do that? And guess what? Most boomers love to do that. Mm-hmm. And we've shared on the podcast before, even the values and the purposefulness of of um millennials and zetters and boomers is quite similar so if you can find a way to connect those two man it's a beautiful thing yeah absolutely so as employees there's a couple things we can do to assist in this situation ask good friggin' questions yeah again even if it's an environment where your boss doesn't seem to create the space um ask questions and you know you might if you if it's a really bad leader and when you ask the questions, they dismiss you and, um, and, or, uh, or, uh, you know, hopefully not don't embarrass you, but you know what, there's something about, um, while you're there, ask good questions. Cause the worst they can do is that, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. But no, you, no, no. But, but you know what, if it is one of those questions that's being buried, that others are thinking about it, someone else will bring it up. So it's almost like the the water eroding the, you know, the 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 sandstone. Uh, it will it will break down sooner or later. Pushing the boulder down the hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the questions, you know, this one probably should have gone first, but is your boss open to questions or suggestions? And I think rolling into the third point here, speak up not as a martyr, but as a concerned person with agency in what's going on. There's nothing better than than knowing that, you know, Greg, you're bringing up a question. And, and I know it's because you care about what's going on. Not that, because a lot of times, like, you know, in the workplace, we sometimes see people kind of doing the martyr thing. And that's more about them than it is about the actual mm-hmm. issue sometimes. But having a really concerned person who can uh, kind of give the story on what their concern in it is and why they want something, you know, they think something should be looked at is very, very impactful. Yeah. And again, this is a great point. Know your boss. If your boss is someone who just happens to really need to feel important in a meeting or need to put something forward, then find another way. Talk to them separately and said, hey, Alistair, um, 
and again, set the context. I'm thinking about that project that we're working on, and I'm worried about this. And one of the questions keeps bubbling up in my mind is this. I'm not sure. I was going to raise it in that meeting, but I thought I'd bring it to you first to say, hey, uh, do you think, and then ask your question. Um, if they say no, uh, and and uh, that's fine, but then in the meeting they say, well, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I've got a question, and uh, my question is this, and then you hear your question, you know, that might peeve you off a little bit. But if it moves things forward... Hey, if they take ownership of it, thank goodness. Right, right, exactly. So it's not perfect, but but it, it still moves the ball forward and helps you grow and, and makes you recognize that your contribution is really valuable and moving the organization forward. And watch your emotions and tone. Quite often, especially if you want to talk about something kind of difficult, maybe something that's been in the organization a long time, you know, people are going to be a little bit sensitive about it. And you, you last thing you want is somebody putting their back up when really you don't need that to happen. Well, again, the same rule applies that we talked about with managers. If you're going into a meeting, take five to 10 minutes before, let go of whatever you got that's hanging on to you. Uh, and as you're entering into it, recognize what's hanging on to you as you're entering it and and make a commitment to showing up differently. There is power in thinking, reflecting, and committing, even if it's within yourself, that I'm going to show up in this way. Uh, and if you have a specific point to make, think about those ways to do that. You know, we've talked about the three unarguable uh, unarguable uh, statements or arguments before. I feel, I think, I'm sensing. Use those ones. You know, I'm, I'm sensing this. I'm not sure if anybody else is, but I just thought I'd, sh- I'd share that and see if that resonates with anybody. Boom. Those are all good ways, but be be planful on on what you want to bring forward, and also be aware of those emotions. Big, big, important thing. Well, just to uh, emphasize that plan aspect of it, the next one is think about what you're going to say or asking, and have a plan. Think it out, mm-hmm. especially if it's really important. It is, you know. This is not. This doesn't have to take a long time. It's like, uh, what do I want to bring forward? Why is that important to me? Thinking about the others in the room, what might be a reaction? What else is going on that might impact this? And uh, what are the things that I should be prepared to ask further questions to to help uh, inform what I'm thinking? You know, those are just some things off the top of my head that if you think of those things before, and there's power in actually thinking through them and answering your own question, because often what we are is we're like deers in headlights, right? When we just think, we can't remember. But if we've done it at least once, and boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, if you've got a chance to practice it with someone actually live, someone else, uh, you know, or your spouse or your dog or whoever, actually practicing it, it will help you more in the moment when those things come up, because you've already thought of them. And you can say, hmm, that's a great... That's a great further question, Alistair. I was thinking the same thing. And what I'm thinking is this. Does that resonate with you? You know, so you're prepared. I really like it when people come forward with a planned approach and you can tell that they've given a lot of thought. It's much better received than the drive-by. I agree 100%. Uh, That's a really important point. And talk with others in your group to build a consensus. There is a strength in a well-thought-out group approach to these types of situations. Yeah, and this is always kind of tricky because you don't want to... uh... You know, on one hand, you don't want to do something underneath to mm. to go things forward. However, um, I, there there is power in community, 
and just saying, hey, I've been thinking about this. What do you think? And getting the other perspectives and other skill sets. Right, yeah. right. And then being able to say, you know what, we were having a conversation around this and a few of us were having some discussions and some really great points came up from Bob, Mary, and and Ted, and kind of the and and folks, if if I'm not doing this right, let me know. But I think where we got to was this is a, one of the things that we're really curious about. We're trying to figure out, and that might be disruptive, but collectively, then they can jump in and say, no, 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 Greg, they, uh, yeah, I think you missed this point. This is the other thing, and it creates that space where that flow of positive disruption and dialogue can happen. And you know, if you're worried about the ganging up type of mentality, maybe you give your boss a primer and say, hey, Greg, just to let you know, uh, I was thinking about this thing. And just to let you know, myself and a couple of people were just sharing some thoughts on that. And we'd like to have a conversation with you in the next couple of days. Would that be okay? Maybe you, that just takes that, that uh, ganging up aspect of it out of the conversation. I love it. I love it 100%. And, and you know, I've mentioned this many times. One of my favorite uh, tools is Rumi's Gates. So whether you're the leader or whether you're just a person bringing a point apart that you really feel powerful, a point that you want to bring forward or a question arriving, you know, the three gates are, is it true? Is it really true what you want to bring forward? Ask that question because the first one, sometimes we think it's true, but the second time filters it through. Is it necessary? Uh, yeah, it might be necessary. Is it necessary to bring forward now? Yeah. And the last one, is it kind? And if you flow through those three gates always, whether you're the leader bringing an idea for it or you're an individual, especially when there's heat behind it and when you feel that it may be disruptive and those filters are just beautiful because they allow you to just ground yourself in the truth. Uh, just look at the context and remember, remember, is this the right time, the right place? And then finally, just entering it into with a sense of kindness. And again, thinking through those steps shapes what comes out of your mouth. And use timely occurrences to help frame the question or concerns. So if something goes wrong or there's a, a holdup or something pops up that kind of uh, frames the issue, jump into that situation with some of those questions because mm -hmm. it's timely. It's happening right now. It's live. This is not theoretical. This is practical. Yeah. And you know, uh, the one thing that I always, I'm a big believer, as you know, on recognizing your energy shifts in your body and knowing when things bubbling up. And I always- You are an energy guy. I am an energy guy. I just find it fascinating and I found it to be true with me. But if you're in a meeting and something is stirring in you, write down what it is. And if it stirs a second time, say it. Mm. Uh, because you know what? If it's more than once, it's it's trying to get out. Uh, and so that comes down to that point around the timely occurrence. You It'll probably be bubbling up more than once. If it, bu if it just bubbles up once, write it down. And then if it's not said and you still think it's important at the end, say it. But if it comes up more than once in a, in a fairly short period of time, that's your instinct saying, Alistair, you better, you better say something and then go with those, you know, the three unarguable conversations I'm sensing, I'm hearing, I'm thinking, I'm feeling, I guess that, that's four now, but. <laughs> and be the positive person in the situation. There's nothing better than having a discussion with somebody that's upbeat, that isn't uh, kind of a downer to the situation and just complaining. Like, I really like, you know, positive energy, a positive approach. It's just easier to take. And, and there's never a question about the person's, uh, why they're doing this. Yeah. And this is where sometimes, um, bringing a, a problem forward or a disruptive comment to really make people think differently. If you've got a, a first idea 
that's always great because then you're bringing a solution. So you're not just saying, oh, here we go again, blah, blah, blah. You're not just being the, the person who's shooting down something. Saying that you're concerned or something you're worried and, and you're, why you're worried. And one thought that I had is this, or even if you can't think, I, I'm really struggling to try and find a solution. I think we can find one amongst us. So that's just, that's the positive aspect on the end. Wrap up, Greg. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the big wrap up here is disruption can be beautiful. Um, and in the best environments that I've worked at, it there are it is a safe, brave space where people feel safe enough to step up and step into sometimes things that are crunchy. Uh, but if it's if it's towards making things better, um, this is a beautiful thing. Uh, if you as a leader can create the space for that, that anyone can bring forward something that they see both to either accelerate, but even as important to uh, really help you pause and to think through things. You know, I we've talked before that I'm an optimist. So really, I, yeah, really. <laughs> and, and so I can see a pathway forward pretty fast and I can leap on it pretty fast. And, you know, we'll get there. Um, but often I need the positive disruptor to say, whoa, whoa, Greg, slow down a bit. Uh, have you thought of this? I'm worried about this. And boy, that saves so much time and accelerates the progress of where we get to so much better. And most, many leaders um, are pushed to be optimistic, are pushed to drive results. And it's by those positive disruptions that slow us a little bit, help us to be thoughtful and make a straighter path for success. I like that. I like the positivity. I like the planning, the intention. And whether you're the manager or you're the employee, bringing that to the table just creates an atmosphere where there can be a better discussion. Mm -hmm. Maybe your idea isn't going to fly, but we certainly want to have a, uh, an atmosphere where people will bring ideas forward and be recognized for it, even if the answer is no. I just think it's approach. Uh, I've worked in places where nobody wants to hear anything. You're not allowed to ask questions. I've been other places where, tell me more about that. Do you have this? Oh, you have the stats? Oh, good. Will you, will you drop those off on my desk? I'm going to another meeting. Uh, drop them off with a couple of thoughts and we'll, we'll circle around and we'll talk tomorrow about this. I've been in all those situations. And it's something that I, as a, a leader, have had to to work on. Like, okay, I've been working 10 hours today and at 10 hours and five minutes, you drop in and you do a drive-by and you tell me you don't like the way mm. something's doing that we're just going to take off on. That isn't helpful sometimes. And it, it, it's something I've had to work on as well. Yeah, yeah. And something you said really, one last point that really jumped into me, something you said was that whole thing around uh, sometimes your idea is maybe not the right time or it's maybe not the right idea but sometimes we hold on to them and they're like we own them we own we, them in we own them and this is where the energy thing comes back because often when i'm at my worst is when my energy is either really high i'm really excited about something or i'm really annoyed about something and i tend to hold on to my ideas a lot tighter because when you think you're brilliant and you think this is the idea uh, and it's and i don't even see it but what I, I i feel it yeah so i would encourage folks if you've got an idea and you're in the middle of an uh, an argument or a discussion where you're so passionate about it check your energy and if it's really really high find a way to take a breath 
step back and ask yourself, is this really, really important? We sometimes get really entrenched in something. Oh, we do. And it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. like passion. But passion uh, will can sometimes get us in big trouble and also take us way off off the chart. So, And if you're a manager and you have an open environment and people come in and sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no, at least they know that they're getting a fair hearing. Right. And that you're asking follow-up questions to totally understand what they're talking about, where they're coming from, what the desired result is. It's a good thing. And, you know, you started this whole podcast with the power of questions. So as a leader, if you've got someone who is fiery, um, call it out and say, Alistair, oh my goodness, I, you know, again, I sense that you are super passionate about this idea. Um, And I love that. Uh, And I'm wondering if we can, and then slow it down a little bit, ask the right question to, to just frame it up. Because if you acknowledge somebody's passion, and you call it out and say, and 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 you know, say, I love that you're you're holding on to this because this is really important. Uh, and then either ask a question or say, Can we park this? But I commit to doing this. That allows it to slow down because sometimes we just get caught up, and great managers are aware of what's going on, and they just find ways to shift the energy and focus on on the group and how you bring it together. So my favorite way of doing that, number one, I think is very practical and helpful is. Greg, that's a great idea. Oh, man, you've got a lot of passion for this. Can you concisely write this down and send it to me in an email or whatever uh, so that I have it and can look at it and can can kind of shop it around mm-hmm. as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them an avenue yes. uh, to, to, to go. And that, and that takes down the energy, especially mm-hmm. if it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not as enthusiastic about you uh, yeah, as yeah. you are in, in things, right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. to me, it's like, great. Uh, email or memo yeah. uh concise to the point frame it up well yeah and they oh okay and they're gone and like i'll tell you and like an hour and a half you get this great document that explains everything yeah. and all their passion is put into this nice concise thing and you can actually understand the problem see where they're going because it's forced them to sit down mm-hmm. and and articulate it a different way i agree 100 percent. and you know you said like this is a acknowledging it's an important issue huge important issue. idea huge. and and uh, we want to really dive deep into it. So here's what I'd like you to do. I love that. It's great. Great thought. Everybody loves to leave in one of those discussions mm-hmm. with a little bit of homework if they mm-hmm. think it's going to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we said offensive or made you angry. Uh, but Greg, I think your uh, philosophy lands well in this episode as well. Yeah, we uh, always share at the end of each of our episodes uh, some great wisdom that I got from my uh, coach, uh, Marlene. And Marlene uh, said that, you know, when we're together, Greg... You've never said her name before. I have never said her name. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Marlene Potter, an amazing coach and uh, wonderful person, provided many uh, moments of wisdom for me along my career. But at, at one point uh, in, in our coaching earlier on, I think she said, you know, Greg, there's during our coaching sessions, um, her hope was to create a space where I was going to feel some crunch and some joy. And the crunch or peeved is where I, something stings, you know, like I might be upset actually, but it makes me pause and think, or I might have not done something as well as I could. So I'm feeling a little journey about that. 
Um, and then there are other points of joy when I'm just feeling I'm in flow, I'm on the right track. And uh, she said, you know, Greg, both of those are powerful if we choose to do something with them. So in our podcast, we hope we create a little churn, a little joy, and most importantly, we hope you do something with it. That's so cool. That's the sound of me getting the sticky off the table. Shout out. Shout out. I think these are family members of yours. Thornbury. Yes, that would be it. Thornbury, oh. welcome to the club. Yeah. I think you've been involved the whole way along, but I think this is the first time I've actually seen it on the, the stats. Right. Well, you know, Thornbury is a beautiful little spot north. And uh, um, I have a couple clients that are, are up there. And Maybe I'm standing to be corrected. No, but it might also be family members. You know what happens, what we find is that um, people share. And we would ask folks that are listening, if you like what you hear, first of all, like us comment we're very likable yeah yeah and and share um uh, because not all the podcasts uh, our episodes are going to be really specifically needed but most of them are very practical and as we've shared before we have people listening all over the world because you know people are people and many of these situations what we're finding is whether you're in shanghai whether you're in berlin whether you're in uh, um, somewhere in chile you're all experiencing these same things. And uh, and we hope that what we share is helpful on your journey as a leader or as a team member um, to really make things a little better. And we're going to do a classic podcast mistake here and wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. And Greg's wife is working and my wife is uh, in another town looking after her granddaughter for a couple hours. So it's Greg and I together on Valentine's. What time is it? Uh, 5.30 at night. So uh, we're going to be saying goodbye to each other. And uh, But uh, uh, hopefully this is a, a good day for you. I, I have to admit that there's some people that th this is a challenging day. Mm -hmm. But certainly uh, we appreciate all the you folks that listen to us and uh, uh, join us on a weekly basis. Uh, we've had a, a whole bunch of downloads in the last week, Greg. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, one thing around thanks, uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> one thing around a Valentine's that I loved on my, I do a, uh, um, a morning meditation with calm. And this morning was love yourself. There you go. And I, I really, that was the, that was the podcast. And, you know, like that is such a beautiful way of thinking, you know, like if you have someone beautiful, if you don't, beautiful, yeah. uh, but make sure you're valuable and you bring a unique uh, voice to this world and this is why we love to create a space where we can share our voice bring in others that share their voices because uh, we all have a unique place to play so happy valentine's to myself <laughs> and to also each other and uh we're working on a couple uh more um interviews coming up so hopefully you know keep track of us and uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can start up another series and invite a few more people to the table at the diner greg that's awesome and we we have to go for uh breakfast again you we and i do. need to talk about some we stuff we do yes i'm done are you done i'm done so remember people matter take the time with the people you work with they are an important part of your job your success or your failure talk to you next time take care <laughs>